You're listening to the Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Detroit City Council is going to look really different after the newly elected members take their seats in January. There are nine total seats on Detroit's legislative body, and last week's elections saw victories for six new members. That's two-thirds of the seats on council that will have a new face in them. One of those new members has a familiar name in Detroit politics, and not just because he shares it with his father, who was the longest-serving mayor in Detroit history. Coleman Young II is now well-known to Detroit voters after serving 14 years in the state House and Senate, as well as having challenged Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan in his first re-election bid. Last week, he was the top vote-getter for two at-large seats on council, and he won with some pretty big ideas about things that could change Detroiters' lives, hopefully for the better. Coleman Young, too, joins me now to talk about some of those ideas and what he hopes to accomplish in the next years on Detroit City Council. Coleman, welcome to Detroit Today. Mr. Henderson, always a pleasure to be back with you. Yes, it's always great to, to talk with you. It's been so, a while. It's been yeah, a while. It has been a long care. while, I know. So first of all, I have to say congratulations, and I would love to get uh, your reaction to the fact that uh, you not only won a seat on uh, council, but you were the highest vote editor. Well, listen, I, 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 I'm a, I have mixed emotions. It's joy and happiness. Uh, I just want to say to everyone out there who supported me, thank you so much. And even those who didn't, thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, tell you why I think I was best for city council. Uh, this is as much the people's victory as it is mine. I could not have done it without them. And I also just want to say thank you to the constituency for allowing me to be able to change. After I ran for mayor and lost, there were some things within me that I need to change personally. Hmm not just physically how I looked, but also mentally how I thought. There were some things that I did that I was not particularly proud of. And I just want to thank the community for encouraging me and giving me the space I need to grow and change to become a better person and then to vote for me as a top vote getter. I was just tremendously humbled and very thankful for this opportunity, and I will do everything I can to earn your vote and support. Yeah. So so I, I think that takes a lot of courage to talk about having made a lot of changes, a lot of personal changes after uh, after losing that, that mayoral election. Uh, do you feel comfortable telling us just a little more about what some of those sure. changes were? Yeah, go ahead. Well, well, well first of all, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to relitigate. Let me say this too. Uh, I, um, Mayor Duggan ran a hell of a race. I have nothing but the utmost respect for him and, and, and what he's done, and congratulations to him and his race. Um, the, what I need to change from my perspective was there was just some things that I was saying, some things that I was doing that I just did not like. Mm. I think that my campaign was just – no, it's not just that it was negative. I just thought it was angry. Mm. And I thought that there were some things that just really weren't me. You know, and I kind of allowed myself to get caught up more in being against someone else than being for what I'm about. And this campaign, I wanted to run a more inclusive, a more um, a more thoughtful, a more reasonable. And I also wanted to seek to understand people. Mm -hmm. I needed to be a little bit more open and listening to other people's ideas and being a little bit more um, 
understanding, seeking to understand, seeking to seeking to cooperate, collaborate, to work with people, to advance the city forward. These are things that I think I need to be more open-minded, be more understanding, be more humble, be more reasonable, um, and, you know, and really trying to do a better job of just trying to enhance and add value to the lives of which I was serving. I don't think I really did that for men. I think it became more of a tear-down, barn-burner type of event. I think I kind of got lost in that. Because, you know, when you're running and you got that bunker mentality, you know what I'm saying, Steve? Sure. You know, that you against the world mentality, it's so easy to just get stuck on that. Rather than it is to really, you can lose sight of why you're there in the first place. Yeah. And the reason why I'm there is to be a voice for the voiceless, hope for the hopeless, and use power as an instrument to serve the powerless with. Hmm. And yeah. I think I lost sight of that. I mean, that, and that's why. And, and I, I wonder what you felt from, reflected back to you from Detroiters as you were out campaigning for this position with with that difference in mind did did you get a different response from from people when you talked to them oh, about yeah. your candidacy oh yeah I, I got a much different response you know I, I got i got a much different response well first of all let me say this i've lost about close to 100 pounds physically yes. I, i've seen so, photos i haven't seen you in person in a long time but i've seen photos and you look yeah. quite different well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for noticing that. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, so that was one of the first things that, that people would notice, just off the bat. And then I think when I started running a more inclusive, more inspirational, more positive, a more, you know, collaborative um, campaign, I think people started noticing that as well. And we started really focusing more about what we could do for the constituency and what my vision was for the city and being more inclusive. In terms of what I'm trying to do, I think people really resonated towards that leadership. And yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm fortunate enough to be in the position, along with divine intervention. I mean, I think this is nothing short of a miracle that I could go from four years ago and 100 pounds ago, you know, losing, you know, pretty, you know, decisively mm-hmm. to coming back now and being the number one vote getter. I mean, it's just nothing short of miraculous. And I'm just thankful to be in this position and thankful to the citizens of Detroit for putting me in it. Mm. I'm talking with uh, Coleman Young II. He is a newly elected at-large member of the Detroit City Council. He's a former state senator and, of course, is the son of the city's longest-serving mayor. We're talking about his campaign for city council. We're talking in a little bit about some of the ideas he has for policy changes here in the city of Detroit. Uh, We'd love to hear from you during the conversation as well. What questions do you have for Detroit City Council member-elect Coleman Young. Uh, What do you think of some of his ideas? Uh, What do you think about the relationship between Detroit City Council and Mayor Mike Duggan, someone else who was uh, also re-elected last week uh, to a third term as the city's mayor? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can try to include you uh, in the show that way. So, uh, Coleman, I want to talk about one of the most intriguing ideas that that you have for policy here in Detroit. You've said you want to try out the idea of automatic monthly payments to Detroit residents, uh, better known or commonly known 
as universal basic income. We've got some cities across the country that are experimenting with that as well. But uh, tell us why you think it's time for Detroit to have a go at this and how you think it would work. Well, the reason why I wanted to um, have Detroit do this is because we, I think next to Cleveland, we have the highest poverty rate is in big cities in the country, out of big cities in the country, in the nation. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that this would be a good way in order to alleviate that as a supplement, not as a panacea, but as a supplement to other policies in a more holistic approach. Um, I wanted to mirror and do the same thing that they did in Stockton, California with Mayor Michael Tubbs, mm-hmm. where as a pilot program, he had, um, he had 500 people, that, no, he had 125 people that got $500 a month for 18 months. Now, I'm open to using, you know, um, um, whether it be funds that we have in our budget or whether it be funds we're getting from the federal government in terms of the American Rescue Plan. I think it would probably have to wait till next year because that's when we get the next uh, $413 million um, um, in May of, 20, uh, May of 2022, so next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that money that we have right now is like, you can do an emergency appropriation, but that's not something I really want to go toward. But I also want to work with our um, foundation community, our mission finance community, um, as well as our nonprofit community, be able to have the funds like they did in Stockton, California. That was the original plan that I wanted to do. But I wanted in a pilot program first. We want to based on need. So the areas that have the highest poverty, we want to try it in those communities first, and then I want to gradually see if we can phase it in throughout the entire city over time. I don't think it's something that we could do just throughout the entire city because of the finances, mm-hmm. but also because you don't want to assume that, you know, the go-go years are going to last forever. Um, you know, in terms of you having money and things of that nature. So I definitely want to see that the numbers that I've seen in other cities have been positive. So I think that this is something that will be good in the city of Detroit as well as a tool, as one of the tools to alleviate poverty. And so that's why I want to do it. Hmm. So so the, the idea of uh, focusing on an issue like this, I think, is really reflective of some of the themes that, that you had, not only in the campaign for council, but that you have talked about for a long time. And that is, how do we leverage the power of government to, to, to build opportunity for people in one of the poorest cities uh, in, in the country? And, you know, we can argue about who is the poorest. I mean, I see lots of statistics about one place being poorer than another by certain measures. Right. But, but by any measure, you know, we, we have a, a profound problem with, uh, with lack of economic opportunity here. Um, talk about how this fits into that bigger vision, though, that you have of focusing the work on government uh, on the people who don't have that opportunity, who are cut off from it. Well, I think that's why this is, first of all, guaranteed income is one part of it. Then the other part of it that I really would like to do is I think we need to do a better job of investing more in um, workforce development, working with our unions, uh, in terms of making sure that they get the job training that they that they need in order to participate in these construction jobs that we have. I think that's something that's very important, as well as reforming uh, the community benefits agreement so it can be stronger in terms of including more Detroiters in that process. I would also like to not take over, but partner, work with 
um, DVS as well and work with our, you know, partner with Grow Detroit's Young Talent in order to make sure that when we have the skills that the kids have the skills they need so when these new tech industries are coming into the town, we can have a feeder program where they can get the skills they need from the uh, Grow Detroit's Young Talent. They can get the skills they need for workforce development at Detroit Employment Solutions Corporation, you know, through a partnership with DPS. And then from there, they can be able to work out of high school um, into these programs, kind of like, uh, kind of like um, what they had in Chicago with IBM and Chicago Public Schools. I like to see something as a pilot based on that with terms of a partnership, reaching out and engaging uh, with DPS. I think that's something that's very important. Um, I also think that what I would like to see in terms of making sure that we have more Detroiters that are available is that we do a better job of also having more business incubators as well. Uh, have a targeted business development program mm-hmm. because over 50%, uh, I think it's 54%, of the jobs in Detroit come from small business. And I think we need to do a better job of investing more small business, of working with our, you know, whether it be our, um, our financial institutions, whether it be uh, community development corporations or community development financial institutions or credit unions, I think we want to be able to do more in terms of micro lending. And I think that we're going to have to do, we're going to have some reform to talk about uh, are there ways in which we can get around credit checks? Because that's one of the major reasons why people are denied, you know, um, uh, denied loans for housing and things of that nature. And so I think that's something that we really want to do and help people be able to get the business plans they need as well as the capital mm-hmm. so they can start their own small businesses. You know, and I think that's something that's very important and I want to work with overall. So we have an economic development aspect. And also, I think that we have a major problem with housing. I think over there is a report from the University of Michigan, over 30,000 people live in substandard housing. And so I think what I would like to do is I'd like to make sure that we have funds that are being used by HUD that we enforce Section 3, which says that whatever projects are built with HUD money, the jobs have to go to people who are in the community. So I think that's another way we mm-hmm. can put people back to work and include Detroiters um, as well. And so I think those are things that are very important in terms of inclusiveness, in terms of jobs, opportunities, laws that do that, not just for the community development agreement, but also community business agreement, excuse me, but also for the developers agreement as well. And I think if we use these tools overall, I think we can put people to work to be more inclusive in terms of dealing with the issue of poverty. And we also going to have to deal with the issue of crime as well. Let, let me just put it to you this way, because I could talk to you about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. But we, I, I'm going to have a lot of work to do <laughs> when I when I get yeah. it. But, but let me just say this, too, before, before I end. Uh, Mr. Henderson, when I was running for mayor, there were some things that you wrote in the paper, and I just wanted to say thank you, because I read a lot of it, and it helped me change tremendously how I think things, how I see things, how I analyze things. It made me work harder. It made me a better person. It made me a better. Um, it made me a better politician. And so I just want to say thank you. And I appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I mean, I've known you a long time, and I've always thought uh, that first of all, you're just a fundamentally decent person and somebody who really does want to leverage public service for the the, the betterment of of the people of of the city. And so I was always. Uh, trying to encourage uh, encourage those better angels, right? Uh, encourage yeah. who I who I who I know you to be, and I I, I think uh, the 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 arc of of change and progress over the time that you've been 
in uh, in public life is is pretty pretty remarkable. Um, so, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to continue this conversation with uh, Coleman Young II, one of the newly elected members of the city council. We're going to talk about the relationship between council and Mayor Mike Duggan, who was also just reelected to a third term. We want to hear from you as well on the phones and on social media. What questions do you have for Coleman Young II, maybe about his idea for a universal basic income in the city or the other ideas to kind of attack poverty in Detroit. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or Twitter and put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Bringing you news that matters. Stories that impact your life. Music from the Motor City and around the world. This is 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. My guest is Coleman Young II. He's the newly elected at-large member, one of the two newly elected at-large members of the Detroit City Council. He's a former state senator from the east side here in Detroit, and of course, uh, the son of former mayor Coleman Young. We're talking about his ideas for the next four years with that he will be a Detroit City Councilman, uh, the things he wants to focus on here in our city. As always, we want to hear from you as well. What do you think uh, of the new council? Six new members of our Detroit City Council who will be in office in, in January. What are you expecting from them in terms of progress here in the city and in terms of the relationship with uh, Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan, who was also reelected to a third term last week. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, I do want to get to callers, uh, Coleman, but I first want to ask you about the relationship between City Council and Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan. I saw a lot of people uh, last week after the elections talking about this new slate of uh, of council members and how they will challenge Mike Duggan, uh, maybe a little more than the council that we had before. Uh, I, I wonder what you make of the relationship and the posture that you would like the council to take with regard to the mayor and, and his agenda. Well, listen, I think that if it's something that's going to move the city forward, um, I support it. You know, if he's doing something I think that's best for my constituency, I'm going to support him. If he's doing something I think that's against the people who elected me, I'm going to fight like hell to defend uh, the, uh, the will of the people who voted for me. Uh, you know, it's kind of like they say, you know, the ears of a leader must ring with the voices of the people. As a great president once said, I think that's what we want to do. I think we can disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, but I think that we need to take a professional tone in terms of how we do things. And I think that uh, in the unfortunate climate that we're in with the investigations involving uh, corruption, I think that city council really needs to, I think the, the voters spoke clearly, first of all, 
that corruption will not be tolerated mm-hmm. in any circumstance. But that secondly, I think we need to get some wisdom aboard. We need to roll our sleeves up and we need to get to work. And I think it's, it shouldn't be so much about who's for or who's against someone, but what's best for the city and what's best for the citizens and what's going to move the city forward. So uh, I also want to give you a chance to talk specifically about your relationship with with Mayor Mike Duggan, who, as we were talking earlier, you challenged uh, to, to, to be mayor. Uh, we had him on just before the election, and he actually had pretty good things to say about you and about that challenge. He, he, he gave you credit for some of the ideas that he has uh, he's tried to pursue as as mayor. What, what do you what do you make of the relationship just between the two of you uh, going into going into this this new era? Well, I think it's good. I think we've had a good relationship. I think that he's been more than gracious uh, in terms of willing to sit down and willing. To, we've had conversations in the past. Uh, you know, I think it really is a testament to him and his leadership. Uh, and I, I respect him tremendously. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, look, it was a hard race, and I gave it the best of what I had, and, and he won. And he's the people's choice, and I respect that, and I understand that. And I'm willing to work with him. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I'm the type of person that knows how to cut deals without sacrificing my ideals. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm definitely looking, looking forward to working with him and having a very professional relationship. And he's been very cordial. He's been very respectful. And he and he's been very honest and open with me, and I think that's a testament to him and his character. Yeah. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Christopher in Detroit. Christopher, what's on your mind? Um, hello, I would hey. I would like uh, uh, Coleman Young Jr. to consider my proposal for a trust back UBI, which gives trust individualized trust to every uh, uh, firm, every household and every institution in Detroit um, so that it is based on the market and that it is sustainable. I have sent my plan to uh, Mayor Duggan in 2017 when I won the STEAM Challenge at Wayne State for its this sustainability program mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> of Trust back yeah, so so Christopher, I I think you and I have talked about this idea before on this. I think you've called before and and brought this up, and I I think it's a really interesting idea. I want to encourage you, of course, to send it to uh, to our newly elected uh, council member so he can he can see it as well. But 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 Coleman, talk a little about this idea of. I think what Christopher is talking about is way more of an investment driven. Uh, uh, support for for Detroiters. Uh, that's a little different than just monthly checks. It's something that that you would be able to count on longer term. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's the, that's. I mean, no, no I'm going to be honest. I was going to be I'm going to be more partial to you know the way I want to do it. But <laughs> I definitely want to. Um, I definitely am interested and want to take you know and want to listen to all ideas. And I hope you can send it to me. Send it to me, and this is my email address. Uh, Coleman Young for Detroit. That's Coleman Young, the number four, Detroit at gmail.com. So Coleman Young, the number four, Detroit at gmail.com. And let me take a look at it. So that's definitely something that's more, that's interesting. I think that would be kind of like a interest bearing account, I think, or something of that nature is what he's referring to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think that's, that's definitely something that I would, you know, be interested in looking at as well. Because I think that if we don't have enough money, well, we get in a situation where we don't have the money to be able to finance it, you know, uh, UBI, I think that definitely would be a good alternative. Hmm. 
Uh, again, Christopher, really appreciate the call and, uh, again, the, the really interesting idea. Let's go to Joanne in Detroit. Joanne, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, good morning. Thanks hey, Joanne. for taking my call. Can yeah, you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Hey, Joanne. Yeah, hi, Coleman, and congratulations. Hey. You look great. You're an inspiration for people to to be to, to, to be healthy. You look great. I'm excited about that. And um, I am hoping that you will be a true civil rights leader on this city council. You know, I hear a lot of discussion about inclusion. Hmm. And but but in in my situation or, or where I live in the North End, um, that didn't really happen. With the, when this city secretly planned a big development called North End Landing, I call it North End Loathing. It was planned by Vanguard uh, Community Development Corporation, and the executive director hand selected a few people from the community, had them sign non disclosure agreements, which means they couldn't tell us what they were talking about. And then they planned this in secret for three years, and when they rolled it out to tell us, they called that community engagement. Mm. Then the council voted 8-0 to zero for this, and that is not inclusive community planning. It's mm. disrespectful of the residents. It's showing favoritism, and it looks like a whole lot of favoritism was being showed to Bishop Edgar Van, who wouldn't even take my phone call about their refusal to include me, and I live on the block where most of this would be. Hmm. So, so Joanne, I don't want to, I, 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 I don't want to cut you off, but, but I do want to give uh, Coleman Young a chance to, to answer, and we're running out of time. Uh, I, I hear a lot of these kinds of uh, issues from Detroiters who live in neighborhoods where they don't feel like they have as much agency as they should over what the future is going to look like. There are lots of places in the city that are changing, some for the better, maybe some not for the better of the people who live in those in those areas? What's what's your take uh, on how to change that, Coleman? Well, I definitely think that we need to engage the community more. I think we need to be high tech and high touch. I think we need to not only work with in terms of the social media aspects, but we also need to actually go out there and let people know, knock on doors, talk to people, uh, work with our city departments to do a better job of engaging and informing people of what's going on, educating people about what's happening in the city of Detroit. And I saw. I understand exactly what she's saying. I, I you know, I, I know uh, Edgar Bishop Van, so I mean that that's not the that's not the man who I know. So I think it's really unfortunate that you know she had that experience and the North End had that experience because I'm I've represented the North End as a state rep and state senator for a very long time. Right. So I think I did. So I know I'm going to do everything within my power if they have a development like that going on that we encourage that we. Um, educate and we inform and use all the available powers within us to let people know what's going on. And I also think that with community benefits agreements, that's why it's important that we have legally binding agreements as well so that people will actually be engaged in this. And I also think and if we can't do that, then I think at least we need to have um, more, uh, we need to include uh, stronger ways to engage the public um, in the developers' agreement, so that people will at least be informed about what's going on around them and how this and how these developments impact. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Coleman Young, second. Really great to have you here. Uh, promise me that you'll come back after you take office in January and tell us how things are going. <laughs> Most certainly will. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, sir. Absolutely. 
That's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about efforts underway here in Michigan to rethink the ways law enforcement interacts with people with mental illness and other social struggles. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. We'll talk again tomorrow.